What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This Is Oklahoma. Your host here, Mike Hearn, back with another episode. Today, down at the Integris Foundation with John and Anne, who basically run the show here. Um, they're going to say they don't, but they do. Um, yeah, down here today, just going to share some stories about what the Integris Foundation does. You know, everyone knows, or everyone sees the Integris logo all around the state. Uh, it's a very well-known brand, but most people just think it's a hospital and that's it. Um, but we're going to get into all the great things that you guys do, you know, throughout the state. And yeah, it's just a pleasure to be down here. And thanks for, you know, taking the time out to share your story. Yeah, we're excited about it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Um, how long have you guys worked for Integris? So I've been here five years as the vice president of the Integris Foundation. And I've been here eight, so just a few years before Ann. Okay. And John runs our annual giving department. And Ann truly does run the whole show here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what kind of got you into working, you know, for the foundation side? And, and you know, were you, do you always think you're going to work for, uh, you know, such a business inside o the state of Oklahoma? Or were you that kind of outside the state stuff? Well, I was born and raised in the state of Oklahoma. I grew up here in Oklahoma City and actually grew up around Integris my entire life. And I remember thinking as a kid, oh, my gosh, if anything ever happens to me, take me to Baptist. Because it just seemed like the... <laughs> you know, the best hospital in the state, which, and I, and I believe, and I know that I'm totally biased. It is. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I, I've been in healthcare for only three, four, almost 10 years now. And I just love it. Um, it's such a great way to connect with our patients and to be able to serve, um, our organization in the capacity of, of helping raise money to advance our programs. So it's been, a, I've always been a nonprofit and in the last 10 years, healthcare philanthropy, and it's just incredibly rewarding, which I think you'll learn more about today. So. Oh yeah. I grew up in Oklahoma too, um, in Duncan, go demons. Big time uh, that. <laughs> but, you know, kind of fell into healthcare philanthropy. I started out, I've always had a passion for nonprofit, started at OSU um, up in Stillwater, go Pokes, giving all the shout outs. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I didn't know what my passion would be when I started here. I knew I was drawn to the nonprofit mission and just start serving the community. But this place just grips you. And I always tell people this, that they're starting. It's like, you don't know how it's going to intersect your life. And, you know, for my family, it was... All, you know, we have two sets of twins, so both of them were born here at Baptist and have been through the NICU, and we, our life, you know, is, is surrounded by health care, and um, it's a beautiful thing to be part of the mission to help bring that to other people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, love being a part of it. Similar story, when I um, had always done nonprofit work, but when I first... Um, my, took my first job in healthcare philanthropy. I actually hated hospitals because I had this traumatic experience when I was 16, year old, 16 years old. I lost my grandma from a massive stroke. And that was the last time I remember walking into a hospital. So every time I would go into a hospital, it always would signify, gosh, there are people passing away. There are people dealing with all these life crises here. And so my mom said to me, well, you realize if you take this job, your office is in a hospital. And I said, I real, I, I understand that. And we started to talk about that moment for me. And she saw that time very differently. Um, she remembers the nurse, and this is Southwest Medical, Integra Southwest Medical Center is the hospital I'm talking about. She remembers the nurse that cared for my grandma in the ICU. And was able to tell my grandpa and my mom, listen, you only have a few moments left with her. You need to be there. And that was very special to them. So they look back on that moment and, and really feel like it was a blessing that they had an angel um, 
guiding them through that process. And so it was such a special moment that they got to be there with my grandma in the last moments of her life. And so where I walked away from that experience at 16 feeling devastated, they walked away grateful that they had that moment with her and understanding how these nurses that care for these patients, how special they are and what the work that they do and how special that is. And so that really helped me get over that hurdle with, you know, hospitals aren't places where people come to die. They're places where people come to get better. And in the foundation and no matter what job you have with the healthcare system or hospital, you're all a part of making that happen and being with our patients at the best of times and the worst of times and seeing them through all of those moments. So it is, like John said, just a, it's easy to find a connection um, and a passion for what we do. Yeah, I definitely, like, I hate walking the hospitals because it just, it just, the smell gets me, right? It's, and I'm talking from experience of back home and our healthcare system in the UK is completely different to here. Yeah. It's mostly free uh for the you know for the most part but yeah i kind of shared that as well just kind of having that it always smells the same and you're always walking in there my my grand's kind of been in and out um she's you know like i said she's doing well because that's where you go to get better right but you always kind of like it always hits you didn't it? you always remember mm-hmm. like the bad times when you've gone there mm-hmm. uh and you know for those nurses to say you know you have time like that's that's awesome because yeah. you know it must be they see that every day right mm-hmm. like they could just oh it's just another patient it's just a number you just another process or whatever it is like this happens all the time this is normal well for them to be like you know this is this is special to each individual family member like it takes a lot to do that every single day Uh, my mum's a nurse as well and she works in in the elderly kind of ward back home and when she first started working it was really hard on her because people dying every day Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know now it's she gets used not used to it but like there's a process to it and it's you know it's just realizing how precious life is regardless of how old you know if you're 85 and you can't wash yourself and all the nurses are helping you or you like a sudden death like a stroke or whatever it is like it's every life's precious so yeah and and nurses are incredibly special people Mm. i realize very quickly i can't do that type of work i'm not right for that but i mean they just are incredibly um special people to want to take care and the community of it, mm-hmm. you know, because you think of like walking through the ER and it's like those people that thrive on mm-hmm. the urgent and the mm-hmm. fast paced. And then you have such specialized practice there, but you've got people that thrive in hospice and it's like they want to care for people in the last moments of life. So it's like the team here is what is inspiring yeah. to us. There's and so many exciting things. I mean, you think about Nazi Zuti Transplant Center and the fact that they are doing heart transplants and kidney transplants and liver transplants and lung I mean, just the amount of lives that, you know, we're saving. Um, they do the most transplants out of any other um, hospital combined in the state. It's happening right here. This helicopter is just bringing in critical care patients yeah. into our advanced cardiac care system. And we're doing artificial hearts and, and LVADs and all these really amazing things that um, we're doing here because of the advancements of medical technology and the type of talented physicians we have here. So it's exciting to be a part of that Jim Thorpe rehab and the type of rehabilitation that we do for patients that are coming back from traumatic injuries. I mean, it's, it's really cool to be a part of a healthcare system that's on the cutting edge of all of that. Um, and is honestly the largest, um, Oklahoma governed, um, healthcare system in the state. And it's a nonprofit at the end of the day. And so it's just fun to connect donors to the philanthropic aspect of that. It's like what's tugged at your heart is where people want to make an investment and make a difference in other people's lives. So 
those are the moments that stick with us that yeah. are just really special. So at the end of the day, when Integris pays all of our bills and we pay all of our employees, the money that's left over, we reinvest in mm-hmm. our hospitals, in our clinics, um, in our continuing education, our technology, and all with the with the end goal of bringing the best care to the patients in the communities that we serve. Mm-hmm. How many locations are there around? Because one of the like pop-up clinics, I guess, just went up near me off uh, like Britain and Council. Yeah, it's uh, a comu- our yeah. community hospitals, and they mm-hmm. seem like everywhere. Yeah, right. Do they just statewide? Um, they're mainly in the metro area. Um, we haven't expanded those really outside the metro, but we have nine hospitals. So you've got Integris Baptist here, which is our mothership, and then mm-hmm. you have Integris Southwest Medical Center. Then you have Integris Edmond, which is a huge expanding campus out there. Uh, that We recently purchased the Deaconess Hospital, um, which is kind of a expansion of our Baptist campus. We have um, Bass Baptist in Enid, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. We have the Integris, Integris Miami Hospital, Integris Grove in Northeast Oklahoma. And we have Yukon, Integris Canyon well Valley. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a presence in Tulsa, um, but pretty much everywhere else you can find Integris. So. Yeah. And yeah. Tons of clinics and mm-hmm. outpatient type spaces. And and you mentioned like, you know, your job is to just connect people to why you guys do what you do, right? Why the hospital does, why it invests and really mm-hmm. what to people listening, like what for someone who doesn't even know what hospital, you know, medical for, I can't even say the word philanthropy. Sorry for everyone listening because I just butchered that. Um, <laughs> what's like the dumb, dumb it down version of like what you guys do every day? So sure. we are the philanthropic arm of Integris Health. And so our donors primarily are, are grateful patients. Um, we've had a physician and a care team that saved their life or cared for their loved one in some way. And, they, uh-huh. and as part of that healing process, they want to give back to help advance our care. And so our donors do everything. I mean, they help us renovate patient spaces. They help us purchase new medical technology, equipment. They help us with continuing education. Um, the biggest project that we've worked on the last few years is a $35 million capital campaign to build an addiction treatment center on our Edmond campus. It's called Arcadia Trails. And so we've had support. Uh, we're $30 million into that campaign. We've had support from all over the state for that because it's bringing, it's addressing this huge epidemic in Oklahoma, um, which is addiction. And there's not enough resources, there's not enough quality care, where we're literally sending hundreds of patients outside of the state because we don't offer offer a comprehensive treatment center. So we just opened that in May, and right now we're going to have our first graduates of that program. And so literally their gifts save lives and change lives for the better. And so it's, it's so impactful. It's just an incredible experience for them. And I think what John and I love about it selfishly is the joy that they feel when they see their impact, the impact that their gifts make. And mm-hmm. it's our great privilege to be able to show them that and share that with them. And we get to be a part of that story. And so that's really meaningful for us. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think you see it like on the big scale with Arcadia Trails, but I think even just personally, you know, we have a huge employee giving campaign. Our employees are our biggest supporters and so we have over 3,500 employees that make a personal gift every year Mm -hmm. which I think speaks a lot about the mission 
Um, and you know, you, each of us are encouraged to find our own passion. Mine, I spoke to, you know, that we have twins. So I always give back to fertility is one of the mm-hmm. areas that my wife and I support. And so, you know, I've given to that faithfully over the years. And I remember the second time through on having twins, not a lot of people can say that, right? Second yeah. time through, you know, we're sitting there in the fertility clinic and I looked over and there is an ultrasound machine that says this, this equipment was bought through the UNI campaign. And that was funded by our gift. And so it had this very full circle moment of, of us to just think, man, what we invest here really is touching people's lives because yeah. we're clearly not the only people using this, but it's like my gift to fertility can help other families going through fertility treatments. Um, and so that's, I think, the story. It's like, what is yeah. your story? You're probably connected to healthcare, and we can help make that a really meaningful philanthropic investment here. Right. You know? And it's going to touch people's lives. So it's pretty powerful. What was it like when you first found out you were having the first set of twins? <laughs> Because for me, like twin, on the twin boys are like, for me, I have like this weird kind of like, I'd love to have twin boys yeah. only because I've seen the movie Legend. Uh, <laughs> and not that they would be complete gangsters, but like those two together. Like, have you seen that movie? Tom no. Hardy's movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Um, basically, Tom Hardy plays both characters. As, and they're, they're, they're the Cray twins who basically ran London in, in like the early days as gangsters. But awesome. like that, like weird kind of side of me was I just like, I'd love to have like twin boys. It'd be awesome. So they could be gangsters. Yeah, I love basically. That's your like, life's vision. Yeah. <laughs> like for the first like 10 years, they'd probably be a mighty pain in the ass to deal with, eight, you know, twin boys. But like after that, I mean, they they kind of grown up. You kind of know how to deal with them after they're 10. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah. What was, what was it like to have? twins well i mean it kind of surprised us we had gone through fertility treatments so it was always an option but i mean you don't think necessarily that's going to be your story mm-hmm. um but the first ultrasound we went to after going through fertility treatments there was only a one baby heartbeat so we went home and announced to all of our friends and family yeah. that we we're having a baby and we went back to our second ultrasound and they're like oh my goodness there's two heartbeats in here so we you know reacted as anybody would do of like oh my gosh this is crazy i can't believe yeah. this is our story um, so a few years later, you know, they, those twins came at 33 weeks and three days. We'll never remember, we'll never forget that, but they spent some time at the NICU. And so a few years later, we were like, you know, let's try this again mm-hmm. and really didn't think you're gonna have twins a second time, but sitting in that ultrasound, it felt a little different when they saw two heartbeats on the monitor. We're yeah. like, oh my gosh, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> Sorry, kids, if you grow up and listen yeah. to this, but I mean, it's it's been an amazing ex- experience and obviously Are a they special gift. Boys, us. girls. So we've got a boy-girl set and two girls. Okay. So three and one. Yeah. Our boys outnumbered. He could be a gangster though. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could run the troop. It's totally normal. Yeah. Oh, that must be so cool. Because I, I I've had friend a friend of mine. He had a um a son and then they tried the second time and he had twin girls the second time oh, and he said his <laughs> wife called him and was like crying on the phone there's two of them inside me like what are we gonna do and it's like figure it out it's fine and they're like identical twins they're yeah. great and oh what were they, John? they were all they were you had two sets of twins under the age of four and was it three and under i think three. it was four kids three and under it was intense that's yeah. a mission yeah how old are they now seven and fours we just got back from a cross country road trip. We can do this. Yeah. My wife and I are always like, we got Travel a butt convention. We're gonna we're gonna still do what we want to do. Yeah, I, I me and I'm I'm twenty eight and my wife's twenty six and we no plan on having any kids anytime soon or maybe even ever. We haven't really talked about it much or decided and like and uh, if for me now, like I wouldn't 
it would be really hard because I'm selfish. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go play golf. I want to travel. I want to go home. Like we have yeah, two dogs and it's podcast. hard. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to go travel back to the UK when I have two dogs, you know, and like, the kids are in the mix. If they like, had a kennel for kids, it'd be oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. normal, you know, just yeah. a little yeah. water bottle, a water spout. It's fine. Food. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that must have been so cool to go through that. You know, you and your wife have to go through that whole experience and continue to go through that experience mm-hmm. and have, you know, four little ones under under this such a young age. It's pretty funny. Any plans to have any more? Oh, yeah. I always say I'm going to go for our six-pack next, <laughs> and it's not funny. It's not a funny joke. Uh, it's good. a typical dad love, joke. We love, we love the kids. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Anne, do you have any kids? I do. I have two little girls, 11 and 7. Mm-hmm. So, and they're great. You still yeah. call them little. They're, they're little to me, yes. <laughs> they're little. That's so. awesome. Um, so, you know, back to what you guys do as a day job. Uh, you know, I, I have in your, um, your passion changes lives. And, you know, what do you guys think of when, when you hear that uh, statement? You know, like your passion changes lives. I mean, I honestly thought of Sarah. And I don't know if you want to share Sarah's story. I think of just mm-hmm. donors that have embodied that. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell you, there's just moments. And I said this earlier, I think, just that there's moments that kind of catch you off guard of like, man, what we get to do is really a special gift. And there's times when we meet people in their journey that choose to give back through this channel and it's it moves us deeply and I think you know it seems like it could be a job but it very much feels very personal when we get to be part of those people's stories as they pay it forward but I'll kick it to Anne because she was yeah, she was connected to Sarah yeah Sarah so Sarah Sarah Brumley was actually a patient at our Integris Cancer Institute and at the age of 31, which is not much older than you, she was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, which the statistics for that is, you know, you have a 6% chance of living more than five years with that. So they're very grim. I mean, it is a, it's a fatal disease. Mm-hmm. And so Sarah's experience at Integris, at the Integris, Tigers Cancer Institute, she got into our integrative medicine program. And integrative medicine is not covered in it by insurance, but it's this holistic way of helping our cancer patients deal with their the side effects of their chemotherapy and their disease and helps their quality of life and what they eat and mm-hmm. um, what they think and, you know, how to meditate and acupuncture. It's all different types of holistic healing that goes into that and so Sarah had this incredible experience where it just really improved as she's taking chemotherapy every week it's just helping improve her quality of life that she's living and so she came to the Integris Foundation and said listen I want to pay it forward it's $250 to enroll in this program and I know there are cancer patients out there because it's not covered on the insurance they can't afford that and I want to raise money to scholarship some of these patients and she said I want to have a bake sale I want to have a garage sale I mean, I want to sell art, and I think I can raise about $5,000. And at the time, we were planning the Integris Gala, and every year there's a different beneficiary. And that year it just happened to be the Cancer Institute. And so we just had this amazing aha moment as we're sitting talking about Sarah's story in our staff meeting about what if we put Sarah on stage the night of the Integris Gala and let her challenge our guests to help her raise money for this. And I remember sitting down with Sarah and be like, listen, Sarah, this is great. And I this goal of $5,000 is awesome. But what if we included you in our Integra Scala as our passion challenge, which is the night of the event, we ask our guests to make an additional gift for a restricted appeal. And we make that your integrative medicine scholarship fund. And instead of raising $5,000, let's make a goal to raise $100,000. Yeah. And the look on her face when she realized what an incredible moment that would be and, and the ability 
to have access to that to those guests would be was priceless I mean she cried I cried our president of the Cancer Institute cried it was just so special um, it's one of those goosebump moments where it all comes together so Sarah's so the night of the gala was Sarah's one-year anniversary from diagnosis she lived one year with stage 4 pancreatic cancer so she's petrified um, she gets up on stage she writes down her speech we have this amazing moment where we share her story through video and then she takes the mic and she talks about how this program has impacted her care and she challenges 700 guests in the room at the at the Cowboy Hall of Fame Western Heritage Museum is probably mm-hmm. the right word for that <laughs> to 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 join her you know for every $250 we can scholarship a cancer patient through this this medicine through this uh, integrated medicine program and at the end of the night um, we raised one hundred and eighty thousand dollars wow it was incredible maybe a little bit more than that John. he's 189 189 John would know the exact number (laughs) (laughs) and it and it was overwhelming for her you know to take this thought of just simply wanting to help somebody else experience what she had and be able to have the platform to do it so many people believed in her that night and believed in what she wanted to do and it just became um, this really magical moment so we get to be a part of all of that stuff but it's that's really a great story of how somebody's passion for medicine and wanting to make a difference um, inspires other people to give inspire the, inspires other people to get involved um, and now is helping hundreds of other cancer patients it's yeah, incredible. It's like that program is now in place, and so we hear stories coming out of it of people yeah. that have gotten integrative medicine as a result of Sarah's scholarship. It's yeah. it's powerful. You know, we look back. We we just lost Sarah a few months ago. Um, she made it four years into her cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. and when you walk out of here, you should her pictures on our wall. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful girl, and a, I when we went to her funeral, this story, her story, her journey with the Integra Scala and this scholarship program was such a central piece of her eulogy. Sorry, but it's just really special to be able to be a part of that because mm-hmm. it means something to people. Yeah, it's no, like it's that connection. Like it's it's you know, like I said, everything just seemed to fall into place. You know, one year on, and she's on stage raising, you know, helping raise one hundred eighty nine thousand dollars for however many people that's going to come on and then like i said you have this in place now which happens every year right you're not just going to put it to the side like she's yeah. you know has this legacy right yeah. that she's you know lived an extra four years in her life where she was probably not given very long and mm-hmm. now like you know you talk about you know everyone's like you know how, how do i have an impactful life right mm-hmm. how do i leave a legacy uh and it's all done in so many different ways yeah. but now to to be around her you know mm-hmm. to have that connection with her and then see the faces of the people that's life she's changed mm-hmm. like i know that's just one story right like you guys see this every day we it's do. probably why you should have your own podcast because then you can <laughs> share these stories every day um but yeah like that's that's why yeah. you know i'm sure that's why you come to work every day. that's why you do what you do you know yeah, it's, i mean it, definitely what keeps us doing what we do because it's challenging and there's ups and downs to fundraising and 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 trying to you know um, raise money for these special projects is is people like Sarah. I mean, you take Sarah's story and you multiply that by thousands of patients that are mm-hmm. impacted through don- donors that just want to focus their philanthropy on helping us advance medicine. It's just incredible, and it's meaningful work. I mean, we come we can, we get to come to work every day and realize that maybe we're not on the front line doing the surgeries or caring for the patients, but we are raising money that allows them to care for our patients in the best possible way. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's special to us, and that's what motivates us. And yeah, it's it's very selfish because it's it's such an adrenaline rush. I think you know I don't have to like skydive out of it out yeah. of plane. I just have to be a part of somebody's philanthropy story, and that's adrenaline for me. Is when you connect somebody that has the capacity to make uh, an impactful gift, a transformational gift with um, something that they're passionate about. And at the end of the day, you see how that impacts somebody's life. Mm-hmm. That's just really cool to be a part of. And I think that's what keeps us connected 100%. to it. Yeah. How has being around that like changed your lives, like your perspective on life? Because you get, like I said, you get to be around all these stories all the time and it's obviously going to rub off on you. And I'm, you know, I'm sure you get to appreciate what you have a lot more and not worry about the little things that really piss us off sometimes, right? Like someone cutting us off or like, you know, waiting an extra 10 seconds at a light because someone's on their phone in front of you. Like mm-hmm. that happened to me today. It really irritated me. <laughs> um, but, you know, what, 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 what's kind of changing your lives from just being around that? You know, I think it's just the realization that life is so much bigger than you personally. There's so many um, amazing things that are happening all around you and figuring out how to just plug into that. I mean, I grew up, my mother was a school teacher um, and I, a special education teacher and I just was watching the students interact with her and wanting to come back summer after summer long after they graduated and what that meant to her to be able to be in that role to, to serve that those types of children. And and it it's just to be able to um, come to work every day and realize that you're a part of something that's much bigger than you are but that you have the ability to influence that and impact that for good, um, it, yeah, it does change you. It makes the little things not so important. And it makes you be able to, we really feel like here, you know, we have the ability to overcome every challenge and to figure things, just figure things out. Um, we feel confident about that. And so it's also, there's also a lot of synergy on our team. So it's fun to be here. Uh, it's fun to work together. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool. I feel like at the end of the day, when I'm my time is done here, I can look back and be really proud of the time that I've spent and the people that you know we've helped. Mm-hmm. So that's it's a really good feeling. Mm-hmm. John, is there anything that stands out for you? I mean, there's several things I thought of when you ask that. Um, one of them is just with Arcadia Trails. You know, this is such an important thing that's happened, and it's it's. I wouldn't say that it restored my faith in humanity, but to see how just the state rallied around this project. I mean, for us, if you look back in our history, taking on a $35 million fundraising project puts kind of a lump in your throat of like, that's a huge undertaking. Um, And we were confident because we had a plan, (laughs) but I think all of us were like, this is going to take a lot of magic to happen and a lot of people rallying and people believing in this. And to see that you know, donor by donor saying yes at incredible support levels. I think of like our volunteer auxiliary who gave their biggest gift ever, a seven-figure gift to that, and so many seven-figure gifts across the state from some of the most well-known foundations that were just bought in and bought, believed in this. Um, It just speaks to, wow, Oklahoma can take on hard things, and we are going to build a best-in-class addiction center in the middle of Oklahoma. You know, who would think that's possible? But our donors believed in that, you know, and it's we've proven that to ourselves and we proved it to our community. And those are the things that stick with me. And I could probably keep talking. It's even the small moments. I think of sitting at a booth, you know, one day with our employee campaign. It's one of my passions is, is just inspiring our employees to understand this impact we can make through philanthropy. And, um, you know, I probably made the wrong perception when this girl walked up to the table. I thought she probably doesn't know what this campaign's even about. I said, hey, have you heard about the campaign? And she's like, 
yeah, last year, you know, I funded this isolet in Enid. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, that depth. She said, I saw the picture that the isolet arrived and I saw the baby in it and I want to give again. And to me, that's the beauty of this, um, the philanthropy here. And, you know, our team is committed to showing impact to people because we know it's powerful. When you see your money actually do something and you see a baby in an isolet that you funded, it does something in you that you're like, man, I have the power to impact people here. Mm-hmm. And so I love just seeing that transformation. And I think Arcadia Trails is the best expression of that mm-hmm. to walk in those doors and like, wow, we did this, not we, the foundation, but man, our donors did this and we get to be part of that story um, is really transformational. Yeah. It's such an Oklahoma thing, isn't it? Totally. Like, yeah. I, people ask me all the time, like, why do you live in Oklahoma? And you know, like, all the rest of that kind of stuff as well. I'm like, you just have to be here. Like, you just have to come and see it. Uh, two of my buddies from high school first came out. Um, they did like a kind of U.S. tour or whatever, and they I said, well, just fly to me, and then we'll go somewhere else. But just come here for like a weekend, and they don't want to leave. Like they just like, <laughs> and this was two or three years ago when our food scene was pretty good, but not as good as it is now. Um, and they were like, wow, people are like really nice here. Like, yeah. Yeah, just stay a little longer, and, you, and then you'll really understand it. But yeah. that must be, you know, nice for you guys to know that and it's not easy. Like I said, thirty-five million dollars is a lot of money, and to raise that amount of money takes some really hard work. But at the same time, it's like if there's a place that can do it, it's the state of Oklahoma that can mm-hmm. do it because it's just like it just seems like what. And I'm going to say we because I'm kind of an Oklahoman now. Got my green card <laughs> like a boots. week ago. So you're in Oklahoma. Um, I'm not even doing that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just kind of what we do right that's just kind of how it's it seems normal it's not like if you just know we're going to give some money to this or we're going to volunteer time to this or whatever it is like that's just what everyone does it's not like oh really why you know it's always kind of like oh well, why do you have to do that no one really seems to ask why in this state it's just like yeah i'm in what do i have to do um which is amazing uh what about tell me about the uh grateful patient program you guys have have we spoke about that yet have we yeah. talked about it I mean, what, yeah. what specifically? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, grateful oh, patients, really? most no, of our donors are grateful patients. Like, oh, yeah. And so they've had this, no you know, really experience and they want to try to give back like, yeah, in some way. And so what do I have there's lots do? of ways that we um, connect with them. Which is sometimes amazing. Sometimes they want, sometimes uh, our patients what about, tell me about the uh, grateful yeah. patient so program you guys have. Have we spoke about that yet? Have we talked about it? I mean, what specifically? Well, you know, grateful patients... Most of our donors are grateful patients. Yeah. And so they've had this, you know, experience and they want to try to give back in some way. And so there's lots of ways that we connect with them. Sometimes they want, sometimes our patients want to honor a specific caregiver. Okay. And so we give them a vehicle to do that. They want to make a donation. They actually, we actually give a, um, an angel award to that caregiver that's been recognized by that donor gift. And it's a way that they can say thank you to the staff. And so our caregivers love that. Gotcha. And our donors really enjoy, you know, being able to say thank you in that way, you know, to our um, physicians connecting us with grateful patients, um, people that come up to them, patients that come up to them that said, thank you for, thank you so much. What can I do for you? And the physician saying, well, I would love to connect you with the foundation because we're working on mm-hmm. this project or that project, or I, I need this piece of medical equipment or advancement in this program and making a connection to grateful patients that way too. I mean, there's so many different ways that our patients can be involved in the philanthropic process. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we intentionally uh, work on ways that they can be involved with us, that we can engage them, that we can help them look at Integris as a, as a foundation as a charity that they would want to support. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that it's more than just a hospital. It's a nonprofit hospital yeah. really trying to do the best that we can do for the patients that we serve. I don't know if you want to add to that, John. I mean, I think you do. <laughs> yeah, I think we got it all. <laughs> Has there been any, like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, a lot of the gifts are, you know, money or whatever it is or what can I do, connections. Has there been any that really stand out to you? Any gifts that really stand yeah, out like to Yeah, like any patients that have just come in that really want to help out but not in the normal way. They kind of do something a little different. Oh, gosh. Um, Any of the cars? Yes. (laughs) Donating cars. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we've had had patients that um, have donated little electrical cars for our pediatric patients to travel from their rooms to, like, surgery. (laughs) And so, you know, you've got a nurse in the background really, really, like, driving the car. But the the pediatric patient, these are, like, little guys, I mean, are in the car, and that's a way for them to break down the barrier of fear, you know, leaving mom and dad. I think I've seen those. Have you seen those? Yeah, I have. So (laughs) I went to the one across the, at Baptist across the street, a friend of mine has the Red Line for Kids charity. And he showed up one, you know, they, they break, they bring really cool cars to yeah. events for the kids. And the kids came out and they were coming out in those little electric yeah, cars. Yeah, electric That's cars. Awesome. Yeah. That's, That's so those cool. are funded by yeah. uh, some of our donors. Um, awesome. We're working right now on a joy cart. Uh, that we have a donor that's very interested in creating and building for us a cart that our volunteers can push and mm-hmm. give out treats and, and fun things and, you know, on our pediatric calls and on our, you know, med search halls to our patients. And so there are a lot of patients, grateful patients that, and donors that find creative ways that they want to connect with our work and what we do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, it's, we're yeah. open. Right. Yeah. To suggestions. <laughs> it's not always what we ask for, but right. sometimes our, our donors come to us with these amazing ideas that we can bring to life for them. So it's really cool. Yeah. And so the two main main events that you guys have, right, is the, is the gala and then you have the golf the tournament, right? Are those mm-hmm. like your two big ones for the those year? Those are two of our big events, yeah. Okay, so... And then we have some rural events too that happen in our rural hospitals. Okay, so those are like the big metro events though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. when is the, I'm going to say it like you said it because I'm going to be an American for today, the gala, when is that? Because <laughs> we say our A's differently. There's but. an gala, internal gala, discussion gala. if it's gala yeah. or gala, so yeah. you're good either way. The gala is in April every year. Okay. And so we use that as, it's like one of our signature events, mm-hmm. but each year we get to feature a different beneficiary, mm-hmm. so a different care area. Mm-hmm. So that keeps not only our team inspired, but I think it keeps the attendees just getting to understand and see mm-hmm. the miracles of different areas of care. Right. So we just came off our biggest one ever in April mm-hmm. with Transplant. And so they, the Transplant Institute was the beneficiary of that. We raised more than $1.2 million, which was amazing yeah. to see that uh, rally together throughout the night, but just really meeting, you know, we got to meet so many of the patients that are either waiting for a transplant or they've received one. And it's just like, this is the most grateful group of people, mm-hmm. um, on the service side as the caregiver side and in, an incredible philanthropic team there. And just the people who are recipients. I mean, the story of transplant itself is just such a story of giving mm-hmm. and p- leaving a legacy. And so it was a really amazing night and a night that I think will stick with us forever as we think through just the stories we get to share. Yeah. So that's one of our favorite events of the year. Yeah, and um, one of our one of the main things that we w- that we are raising money for uh, with the transplant gala, um, there are we have the need for patient scholarships for in transplant because when you um, 
are eligible for it. When you need an organ transplant, you go on a waiting list mm -hmm. for that organ. But you have to be able at the beginning to set aside a certain amount of money to take care of that organ after transplant. That's, out, you know, you have to pay for the medication, okay. sometimes a secondary insurance, plus you're probably in at least a year of recovery from the transplant. And so you've got to be able at the beginning to set that money aside and in order to even get on the waiting list. So there are patients out there that don't have those resources. They don't, they mm -hmm. desperately need an organ transplant, but they don't have the resources to um, pay for those things post-transplant. And so they never make it on the list and they die waiting to get on the list and yeah. waiting for organs. And so we felt very passionate and so did a lot of our physicians and donors that we wanted to eliminate that barrier. And so, you know, we raised $450,000 of that 1.2 million is just set aside for patient assistance mm -hmm. um, for patients that, that, that need help you know, um, with those expenses post-transplant. Yeah. So that's really cool, too, because that's literally saving someone's life. It's taking away the barrier of not being able to even be listed on the transplant list um, to being able to be on the list and be eligible for transplant. Right. So. And really I think it's really unique that, you know, a quarter million dollars of that was funded by one of our transplant surgeons, Dr. Yeah. Scott Samaria and his wife, Leslie, who just had that as their personal passion. passion. And that just translates so hugely to say, man, these people are, aren't just giving the care. They are like bought in, yeah. all in and want to help patients. Mm -hmm. So another cool story that we get to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with, with transplant, I kind of have a personal experience with that. My auntie's had two kidney transplants. Oh, wow. So she's... 50 she's gonna kill me if she listens to this uh <laughs> i think she's just over 50 mate no anyway yeah she's 51 um maybe 52 she's had two kidney transplants so i've kind of wow. been around that and mm -hmm. just kind of seen like and you know the appreciation she has for the two people that donated kidneys to her uh you know the families and then you know what going through dialysis and just that whole like being you know having to deal with that post you know because if it doesn't take to your body you know your complications and just all the stuff that goes around with it you know it's 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 amazing how it happens right and the new technology that we have mm -hmm. to to you know help that but yeah just like i can't imagine having to be on a waiting list and then have to worry about paying for it after i know mm -hmm. our health systems are completely different but still like it's yeah it's uh, it's a big deal so yeah. i definitely understand that um so you, you know the, the gala is quite a big event how do people listening how can they get involved in that Sure. Is it like buy a table kind of mm -hmm. deal? Yeah, absolutely. So we look for sponsors. You know, there's ways to be involved. Otherwise, too, I mean, we always have volunteer mm -hmm. capacities, and we're looking for people to help just get our message out. You know, I think we've got such a special story to tell, but just breaking down the walls that it's not, we're not some big corporation up here. We're community-based, mm -hmm. you know, and that um, we're a great place to plug in philanthropically and for people that want to be involved. You can come to IntegrusGala.org is our gala website or IntegrusGiving.org for our public just foundations website but there's lots of ways to plug in okay yeah. and then the golf tournaments on october 22nd yeah we're really excited about that down at jimmy austin so we've moved it down south to jimmy austin the refreshed course down there um this year this tournament so the tournament's been around for over 30 years and we're still kicking we're still having a golf tournament which is great <laughs> um this year's tournament's benefiting our South Community Hospital. Um, it's called Southwest Medical Center. I sound like an old fogey. They used to call <laughs> it South Community Hospital. <laughs> They'll appreciate that nod. But yeah. there's a really special program down there called Care Coordination. And this is, you know, 
heart and soul of our mission at Integris. It's helping people that truly don't have the ability to get connected to the resources they need to live a vibrant life. So mm-hmm. we work with outside agencies to help um, you know, people coming into the health system that maybe have a chronic disease that they just need to be able to manage that condition. Mm-hmm. So we're going to help connect them to the resources they need externally in the community, but here also to navigate their disease and to have the equipment they need to manage that. And so this tournament's going to fund that. That program just needs resources to be able to say, hey, this person needs a, a blood pressure monitor. And if mm-hmm. they had that, they'd be able to manage their blood pressure. So it would be able to have you know the tools to be able to give that to a patient. Um, and that's just one example. But our tournament's going to benefit that. It's on October 22nd. We're still looking for sponsors to play. Mm-hmm. It's a great day to get to know the physicians and the care team that do this on the front line. And just to connect with, you know, all of the amazing things happening at Integris is our signature golf tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So IntegrisGolf.org. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely, like I said, I'll, if you're listening, I'll post all the links uh, just in social media and just kind of leading up to that. I'll awesome. kind of blow Thank it up on so social much. media because, you know, it's it's awesome what you guys do and just the stories that you have. And, you know, we've shared a little bit of something, of the stuff that's happened here. And I'm sure the doctors and everybody else over 30 years have so many stories of the people that they've met, you know, mm-hmm. lives they've changed and then getting to, you know, just, I, I think of, you know, uh, someone's kid coming up to them and saying, Hey, you, you know, you, you helped my parents or you, whatever it is, you know, like yeah. your parents story, you know, just kind of seeing your grand, like for the last, that, that kind of stuff. Like it just, it means a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that I'll definitely put those out um jimmy austin's great golf course i'm sure he's having a great day it's not going to be too hot in october it's perfect right. golfing weather yeah. hedging our bets on that not one. like it was yesterday 104 <laughs> degrees outside oh. with no wind um but no it's um yeah it, it, those two events sound like a blast uh, and obviously for a great cause so you know your money sponsorship money is well spent there definitely um before we finish is there anything else you guys want to say is there anything that we can plug outside of the golf tournament and the and the gala which will obviously be next april you know i I would say follow us on on social media we um are are doing an intentional job of trying to get out our stories Mm -hmm. and share donor impact and um share just amazing stories like julie and the samara's gift and all the cool things that we're able to do through philanthropy so i don't know i'm going to test you john IntegrisGiving.org yep. is our website. Or find us on Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Tegris we're Foundation. now on Instagram and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. We're late to the party, but we're a party on yeah. social media. <laughs> <laughs> so um, find us. But we'll push a lot of stuff out about Great. what we do that way as well. So awesome. We have you know a monthly e-newsletter that just shares impact. I mean, we're all about impact. We talk about mm-hmm. it a lot, which is kind of a buzzword in philanthropy world. But we just believe in that. You know, we believe in circling back with our donors and showing them the tangible outcomes of why making a gift here really does make a difference. And so that's something that we think sets us apart. So we'd love for you to join us. You can sign up for emails on our website, integrisgiving.org. Awesome. And then you said the Instagram is, what is it? At Integris Foundation. Okay. (laughs) At Integris Foundation. If that's incorrect, I'll post it anyway. This we'll is figure why we it don't out. have new followers. <laughs> we don't know what our uh, we're just we're new. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, you know, it's it's probably you know getting to people who are on these social media platforms means a lot because they're the ones who are going to be giving in 10, 15, 20 years. And if you constantly be that brand that's visible, you know, you don't have to have a ton of followers, ton of likes, but if you can be about for a long time you know they're going to see that and everyone drives past integris somewhere so yeah. they know the name anyway so um 
guys, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me yeah, in. Um, Thank you so much. I'm really excited to share this. I'm really excited to just now I know more about it, to mm -hmm. read the e-newsletter and get the, you know, see the impact that you guys have. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, just to just to be around. Uh, would love to help out you guys on the golf tournament yeah. if you need it. Um, and obviously, you know, for the gallery as well, it would be mm -hmm. awesome just to see. And I know some of the faces who are going to be there as well. And I know them through a golfing world. And if there is, hopefully they're better at raising money than they are at golf. <laughs> I won't name any names. Um, but, yeah, this has been awesome. I can't wait to share the story. And, yeah, people, you know, go follow Integris on Instagram and Facebook and definitely on the website. You can see all the amazing things happening there. John and Anne, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah, this one will be out soon. And I'm excited to hear the stories. And you guys need your own podcast because... <laughs> You know, just hearing the passion in your voices, I can't imagine what it's like listening to the people actually tell their own story. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something that I would love to help you guys with. Thank so, you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers.